Hello and welcome to Qatar's first sports podcast, In The Game. I'm your host, Steve Mackey, and we can't wait to introduce you to everything that is sports here in Qatar and afar. We're going to be bringing you personalities, company owners, institutions, individuals that are making a real difference. So, with us, enjoy the journey. Good morning, Colin. Morning. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, welcome to In The Game. Um, we're... T- We've had a little bit of experience with each other. You, you come from Berda Sports. Yeah. Um, we had, similar to my last guest, was with you were very kind to do a presentation for our university students. Uh, you make a difference. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons that I was, I was overjoyed that you come onto the show. Um, you've, you've been involved with Berda Sports now for some time. Um, tell us a bit about this. Tell us about your history. How did you find Qatar? Um... I think sometimes a country finds you. Um, my journey with the Middle East started in 2014. I was in Dubai uh, as sales director, Middle East, East Africa. Qatar was one of the countries I used to come to. We, we had Puma stores here. Um, and from there, I moved on to Sook.com, which was the largest or is still the largest online platform in the Middle East, which got acquired by Amazon. And then I got an email probably a year before I actually started here saying, there's this brand, are we interested, uh, or am I interested? And initially I wasn't, to be honest. Um, I think Dubai was still still a great city and, and still is a great city and lots of opportunity there. And it took a year for them to convince me to come over. Um, and here I am. I've been here for two years now uh, with Berta Sport. It's a government-owned sports brand. They did some big things in the past with uh, Wolverhampton and Leicester City and Toulon Rugby and Belgium in the 2016 World Cup. Um, so yeah, I was pretty excited to, to come over and kind of rebirth the brand. Um, it hadn't been doing too much in the last uh, couple of years beyond local Qatar stuff. Um, and we needed to just give it a refresh and that's what we've been doing. And how, how, how did you adapt to come into Qatar? How did you, what, what, what were the things that you had to overcome when you first came? Um, I think red tape a lot. <laughs> I was at the ministry 19 times to get uh, my RP for, for the family. And I think driver's license was 12 or 13 times to go back. Unfortunately for me, I arrived uh, two days after the blockade, which, which complicated things a lot more. I think it would have been a lot easier had I arrived the month before. Uh, for example, you could just swap your driver's license. I had a Dubai driver's license or UAE driver's license, and you could just swap it across. Uh, when I arrived, I found out that's no longer the case. Um, but I think uh, Qatar a little bit slower, a lot more family orientated. Um, it's a little bit smaller uh, and it's not as fast paced. Um, we were working 65 hour weeks in Dubai where we don't do that here. So it was actually, it was, it was weird. It was kind of counterintuitive. I actually had to learn to slow down again, uh, which, is, which has been quite interesting. But you've done some really good things at Berta Sports. You've put some initiatives in place and they've gone really well, right? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's been... We first had to start a, right at the beginning, sort of who are we? Um, Berta Sport never really had a story. I never really had a, um, a who we are type story. So we spent a lot of time in the beginning just establishing the, the marketing side, the story, who we are, what we've done, and then where we're going and, and a vision to where we're going. And then product. Um, you know, with all sports brands, I think it doesn't matter what the hype says. When you get the product, it actually has to work. So we've spent a lot of time on product development and going into new categories. We were very predominantly football-based. 
we moved into triathlon, into running, into gymming. We moved into the schools market, which is quite lucrative, although very complicated um, in Qatar. Um, so yeah, we've moved into some different categories. We, we're doing some government tenders, which is always fun and interesting, and just moving it into, into other areas. So, so it's like a question that I'm going to be always asking. How did you get involved in sports? What was the first steps? Ironically, it was my first steps. I think as a, as a baby, um, I started, started running and walking fairly early and, and just being very active. Um, I've been in sports my whole life, uh, 40 years old now. So I've played and competed in a multiple of different sports over the years. Um, at school, I was lucky enough to go to a, a fairly a smaller school. So we were, we were able to be very competitive. Uh, within the school so you know we were playing first team sports uh, probably from 14 13 14 years old already uh, and it was the same team that played basketball it was the same team that did swimming it was the same team that played cricket uh, I was never really good at cricket and I was a goalkeeper in football but uh, I have excelled uh, at a lot of different sports and then I, I kind of I always tell people that be involved with your passion I think if your passion is able to make you money, you'll never work a day in your life. And I've been very fortunate, I love what I do. Um, it wasn't a plan, you know, it's quite interesting. I, I talk to my daughter at the moment who's nine and I say to her, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, and she says an archeologist. And I don't think she really knows what an archeologist is or that there's no money there, I don't think. Uh, you know, and I, I never, I wanted to play Wimbledon. That was actually actually my dream when I was a kid. I, I wanted to be a professional tennis player. and. Um, you know, I was fairly successful at tennis at home and, and didn't quite make it through for a number of reasons. I did get to go to Wimbledon when I lived in London. Um, I actually bumped into Andre Agassi, which was a funny story in, in the sort of the gallows at the back. And I was lost and he actually ushered me to where I needed to be, which was, was quite funny. Uh, Andre Agassi showing me where to go at Wimbledon. Um, so I did get to go and it was an amazing experience and had the strawberries and cream. But um, it was actually just through, through Puma. Um, I'd been a competitive sponsored athlete for them in the triathlon field for a couple of years and they needed somebody to to handle their running business firm in South Africa. Uh, that was just after I worked for FIFA in 2010 World Cup, so that was 2011. And then from there, just kind of worked my way through. And, and again, I think it's when you have a passion for something um, and, and I'm lucky enough now later on in life to, to have a wealth of experience within the industry, both from an athlete point of view, from an events point of view, um, from sponsorship on both ends of the table, being sponsored and now having done sponsorships on a, on a big level, like with Puma and on a smaller level, like Virtusport or one or two of my own little sort of sports brands that I have and, and still run today. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's just, it's fun, man. Sports is fun. I, I kind of, um, it's going to come up so many times on the podcast. It's, 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 it's about people making a difference, no matter how small it is. And I think um, you're one of those people that, that, that are exceptional at it. Um, again, I, I, I know that some, few, uh, some people that listening to the podcast would have heard me say this about UCFB, the, the students, but you really did make a massive impact on them. I, I, I remember it was, um, it was at Khalifa Stadium and... Um, it was, they still talk about it now. And I, I've said this before on podcasts is, is that, that I'm still on their, their WhatsApp podcast and they're still talking about it to this day on how we, how your kind of, your, your presentation 
it, it was the start of the whole kind of week for them. And it put it on such a good level. It was unbelievable. And it's, it's like you've got some really good stories. And it's, it's like you've had, you've had successful businesses within the industry also, which was, was, was really good for those. Because they were all in, involved in sport, the sporting industry. So those stories that you, the, the, the businesses that you've had in, this, in the sports field, can you tell a little bit more about those? Yeah, I mean, I think my mum always said I should have been a professional juggler. Um, I'm very, one of my talents in life, I think, is um, being able to juggle balls fairly successfully when it comes to projects. And a lot of the time uh, people have said to me, well, when do you sleep? Because I'm involved with, you know, a lot of things. But I believe the secret to it is that when you do something, you focus on it 100% and then you can move to another ball. So you kind of focus on it, then you throw the ball in the air and you take the next one, you focus on it and the other ball's in there and you just sort of move them around. Um, you know, I really enjoyed interacting with the students because along the way I've had mentors, I've had amazing people in my life who a lot of them still in my life within the industry and, and just personally. And I think if we can give back, we should. Um, you know, now that I'm a bit older, uh, which is something I have to keep telling myself that I am older because I still think I'm 20 years old when I go out and train and race. But, uh, you know, I think it's important that we do share the knowledge and we, yeah. and we give back because the things that they haven't even learned yet, I've already forgotten that I knew, you know. So it, it's really great interacting with, these, with, the, with the younger generation because it reminds me as well of things uh, that I'd kind of forgotten about or, or contacts that I'd forgotten about. And along the way, I think, you know, just as we said in the beginning, sometimes a, a city or a job finds you. I didn't plan to be in sport on the side that I'm in. Um, and I believe no matter what you do in life, it's about people. You could be a plumber, you could be a politician, you could be a, a music artist, an athlete. It's all about people and how we interact with people. And so from a very young age, my grandfather told me that your name is, is what you have and protect that with your life. And if you sign something, sign it with a pen. And if you make a deal, handshake and look the guy in the eye, you know, and it's, it's those old school principles that have stuck with me. And so with that, a lot of opportunities come your way. And, and I'm a risk taker. I, I'm a gambler. I'm a hustler from a point of view that I, I don't mind taking a risk. I've lost, I've been bankrupt twice. Uh, I've lost everything twice. On my 30th birthday, the sheriff of the court came, wished me happy birthday and took all my furniture and my TV and my bed and I slept on the floor for a couple of weeks. Uh, I've been a multimillionaire in, in South African RAND terms uh, twice. So, you know, I think when you've been at the bottom of the barrel, which I have been, there's been some very dark days uh, along the way. So I don't want to make it sound like a, you know, I'm a wonder kid that's just, you know, hit successes all the time. And And I think... You know, Michael Jordan said it best that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And, and I read that at a very young age, along with Salvador Dali's quote, who's my favorite artist impressionist, where it said, life's too short to be boring. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and life is short, but it's long enough if you live it right. So I don't mind taking chances. I don't mind uh, experimenting with things. And along the way, we've had magazines. I had a pharmaceutical company at 25 years old. Uh, I started my own sports nutrition brand. Uh, you know, I had a blog when blogs actually weren't around. I think I actually saw the other day, it was 2006 or 2005 that I had my, my own blog. And at the time, you know, everyone was like, oh, you have a blog or you have a website, you know, do you think you're cool? And it's just like, no, we, we're just playing. And I think that's where podcasting is going. And I think, you know, virtual reality and, and if you look at the way esports is coming along, you know, it's, it's, it's what's happening. So, yeah, man, take chances. It's, you never know what's going to happen, right? You never know who you're going to meet. And, and, and again, 
I, I keep on professing this. It's like um, I, I've been involved in the industry here from a, a mentor perspective. When I first, somebody invited me to be a mentor for the first time, I, I told them no 20 times because I, <laughs> I, I just didn't think I was worthy. Sure. You know, and I, I've been on that journey that you say, and I, I'm not fra afraid of the, this journey that you have the ups and downs because it, it, it makes you as a, an individual and you've got to go through that. And I keep on saying to people, it's, it's never, don't look at this, this, this thing is, is through rosy colored specs no. because you, you're seeing the wrong picture, but you've got to manage the journey. It's like you don't want them up and down. You want to kind of get them into a great... You're always going to have problems. Sure. You're always going to have issues. It's how you deal with them. And and one of the things that I've always surrounded myself with, because if I'm feeling that, oh, my word, this is too much, it's difficult, why am I doing this? Where should I be? What should I be doing? I always bring myself back to reality. And I'll always find somebody like yourself. And I mean this truthfully. I, I listened to your story the first time, and it was like, you, you had me. I think... It, you were very busy. I came to QSI, um, yeah. Qatar um, Investment, yeah. Qatar Sports, Sports Investment, investment. and um, I knew that I only had a certain amount of time, and I was late. I think um, no, Amwin was late, and so we were. Kind of, I was under pressure, and then all of a sudden, from that pressure and listening to your story, and then talking about different experiences, we were there for three hours. I think it was. It ended up. It yeah, was, I think it, it was, was an yeah. incredible thing. <laughs> And, and, and for me, it's, it's, it's like trying for me to surround myself with people like yourself because you, you kind of, you, you tend to stop thinking about your issues and you listen to somebody else's and the experiences that they have and you can liaise with them and you can understand from their position how they got over it. And I think this is, the, this is a great thing about this, this new brand new sports podcast. It's not all about the, the sports sometimes, it's the messages that go with it. We're gonna have some fantastic athletes coming onto the show in, in later weeks. But it's still important for people that want to break through in this marketplace here in Qatar. It's still important to understand that when you are starting, starting out in business, it's not the easiest place. You find out who your friends are. You, you kind of, you don't, in some stages, you won't have any friends. Yes, yeah, sure. Because you'll be focused purely on your business. But the great thing about this is that you, you do build friendship over a period of time and you mix with people that will make an impact on your life and and again I know that you've made an impact on those students life I know that you've made an impact on my life and it's like but but it's it's, it's an ever evolving story where's your evolving story what are you going to be doing in the in in Qatar the next three years um so that's quite interesting and I think you know the point that you made is that you said you didn't feel worthy I think a lot of people battle with that on a on a bigger bigger scale and and i've always believed you can learn something from anybody um some of my most surreal moments in my life or, or moments that have really touched me was from a homeless person or someone sitting in a subway i got in a conversation with and so i believe someone told me once that you should have your hand open to the universe and allow the universe to put in or take out whatever it wants and i think that's kind of always stuck with me where, where we should be open to everything. And, and there was a great movie with um, Jim Carrey, the Yes Man, where he just said yes to everything because <laughs> see where it got you, you know. And I think although it's impractical to kind of live like that, the, the thinking of it is, is quite great that, that we, you know, we, we should say yes to opportunities and go for that coffee and, you know, meet that person because you don't know what's going to come out of it. So yeah. many times like you and I, we met on one thing and four hours later we were on something else, right? And I think... That's the beautiful part in life is that if we're just real and we're open and we, we're willing to share our stories, um, that we can. And, and it's these little eggs that you plant or seeds that you plant in people's brains that later on could become bigger, bigger things. And I think 
you know, I've got 10,000 seeds in my head all at once. If I can share some of those seeds, I'm always happy to. But uh, no, so the next steps for us is uh, the government's doing a restructure. So Bird of Sport will be put on a shelf for a bit. Um, we were looking to go back to South Africa where I have a, a couple of businesses on the go and, and a strong network. And then the largest uh, tri club in Doha have asked us to stay around. So um, my wife and I, who's also an athlete and, and in social media, will be taking over tri club Doha. Uh, about 500 members. Um, so we'll be doing the management of the club along with the, the committee and then taking over the events. So we, we will be hosting uh, triathlon, duathlon, aquathlon, open water swimming, running races around Qatar. I think I have an idea on how I'd like to improve them. We put on good events at the moment. I raced 79 times this season from September and I raced everything. The, the guys tease me and say, if there's a start line, Colin will be there. <laughs> um, because I wanted to, you know, being new and, and having not have raced for a while, um, I broke my neck in 2013. Doctor said I might never work, walk again. Um, so to have a kind of a full season was was quite a big achievement for me on a, on a personal level. Um, but also wanted to see the venues, meet the people, get into the community because that's what Qatar is. And I think if, you, if you're if here and you're only working and going home, you won't last. You have to have something else. And I've seen how amazing the triathlon community is and how it becomes a family. Um, so we're going to be custodians of that moving forward. And then I've started my own sports brand as well called Conks. So that's a little side project. I'm busy putting some time and, and love and energy to. And it's been amazing how people have just responded to that and offered to help. And, you know, I have people spending their own money developing stuff for me because they're just so excited and, and they believe in, in what we're doing. And and it's quite strange. Again, like it, you don't know where it's going to lead you. And we actually, through talking through product development, we're actually working on a work uh, shirt like yeah. you're wearing today with a yep. suit. Because athletes have a problem where we have these wide shoulders, but small waists, generally speaking. And if I want a shirt to fit me on my shoulders, I have to go larger, which means I'm wearing a balloon around my waist. And then the fabric is not designed for, for performance. So it's not designed for heat. So we're actually working on a, a material that'll have a four-way stretch uh, that'll fit you like it was made for you. And it'll have moisture-wicking properties. It'll be hydrophobic. So if you spill tea or coffee on it, it'll just pour off. No uh, you won't need to iron it. And I think for everybody, whether you're an athlete or not, having a work shirt like that, especially in a region where it's so hot uh, and where we travel a lot, is going to be something quite exciting. So I didn't plan on doing that, but Listen, we might have it down the line. You brought the subject <laughs> up about this clothing thing. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. I haven't seen any of your shirts or anything. I want to advertise you. I want Whatever you need to do, I, I want to advertise that. you. So don't forget the shirts yeah, yeah. because I need one it's of coming, those. It's coming. I need one of those gripping ones. Yeah. Okay. So I'm joking. I'm not the sportsman itself. So so with your, going back to a serious note, you're, you're doing this thing with the triathlons and all the other things. Yeah. Um, I like socializing. So but I would feel intimidated. Do I need to feel intimidated? Do I need to be at a certain level to come and join? No, not at all. And that's where, that's one of the things we made a point of when we joined the club for the first time is that we have to be welcoming. Because let's face it, most road cyclists tend to have a bit of an arsehole kind of vibe about them. And if you're not on the right bike or wearing the right shoes, you know, they kind of turn their nose at you. Um, and unfortunately, we don't all start there, right? But eventually we get there so we said we have to be welcoming we have to be um 
just open to everybody. Yeah. Within that, though, there's complications because if you come along and you can't run or can't cycle or can't swim fast enough, you get left behind. So from a, a logistics point of view from the club, it's a little bit tricky. But we, So what we'd like to do is the correct information. So, for example, we have a Saturday swim. It's normally at Kanatkutia Beach. We have 30 to 40 people arriving. And when we get there, it breaks into three groups. So we'll have your strong swimmers. We'll go do a long swim and that'll have a leader in it that'll just kind of shepherd and herd, uh, make sure all the swimmers are sort of go in and come out together. We then have a medium one, which will be guys that are competent swimmers, but maybe not that fast. And then we have a pure beginner group. And the club actually pays for a beginner coach that's there to teach people how to breathe. I mean, yeah, it sounds fantastic. ridiculous, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But open water swimming, if you've never swum in the sea before, it's not the same as in a swimming pool. No. So we actually have that. And then at the end, we normally have a couple of little sprints or something. We'll bring everyone to the beach and say, right, we'll, you know, swim in 100 meters around the cone and come back out again so that they still feel like they're part of the group, but they've had very specific uh, attention. And I think that's, that's where we make a difference because they feel comfortable. They're with other people with the same ability. They're not getting left behind. They feel special. They feel safe. Um, it's very important to feel safe in, in, a, in a training environment. And then they can work up. And that's what's cool about it is that, you know, they'll look at the other group and say, oh, I really want to get there. And, and with a little bit of hard work, they make it into that group. And we've had guys who couldn't cycle more than 20, 30 Ks at the beginning of the season now riding up front with us in the fast group. So it's amazing to see that progression. And now it's like, oh, I need a better bike. I need wheels. What ceramic bearings? You know, my Facebook inbox and, and WhatsApp makes me smile on a daily basis because guys are like, oh, I'm not so serious about this. Someone like sort of yourself who joins and, oh, you know, I'll just kind of see how it goes. All of a sudden they're dropping 20,000 reals on a bike, you know, mm. because uh, it's addictive and it's a great lifestyle. It's a healthy lifestyle. And like I said, it's a community and it's a family. And I think the guys who do come down to our sessions and as a club member, those sessions are free. There's five of them a week at the moment where there's a coach to actually take you through things. Uh, as a club member, they're free. It's a great place to meet people as well because yeah. if you're single and you come to Qatar, there's no real bars, there's no real nightclubs, there's no real sort of where do you find someone? Yeah. You know, if you don't go to a church where possibly you could meet someone, where, where do you meet someone? Mm. So the, you know, the, the sporting clubs and it races is a perfect opportunity to do that. Mm. And it's it's it. We we've been again one of the things that we we set up with a guy called Grant was the um, military boot camp fitness. Yes. And one of the things I always admired him for was the social side of things. Yeah. And and I think as you said, I've been here for nearly ten years now, and that that's so so important is to get into some type of social group, and it's making that step. So how do they get in? What's the best way of get? You said Facebook. What's the best way of getting in contact with you? Yeah, I mean, so Triclub Doha has a, has a website, triclubdoha.com. From there, you can send a mail to info at triclubdoha.com. We could share uh, where and what we do things. It is all on the on the website as well, all the informations, the pin drops for locations. And on the social side, it's actually something we said we need to do a bit more of. So we do have, for example, in two weeks, there's a club aquathlon. So it's for club members. We do a swim run at the Intercontinental. And then afterwards, we have breakfast. And, that's, and we have little lucky draws and we have little prizes. And, you know, that's a real nice social thing because by the time you get home it's 10 11 o'clock you've you know you're tired from racing but you've also you know had some fun and met some people hopefully yeah. so so we're definitely going to do that um at the beginning of the season which is around end of september we have a, an opening event uh which is a like a meet and greet where we do a couple of little snacks and there's a couple of little talks and there's people there to help you integrate into what's going on um but yeah, I think the website's probably the best place. Uh, you can get hold of me personally if you need to, Colin Allen, uh, at Colin Allen on all social media. I've kept it the same because I think I started quite early. So, 
you know, most times your name is taken, you have to be Colin Allen 77 or something. But And, and let me just get that spelling <laughs> right for you. It's Colin double L and then Allen is A double L I N. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Because the, it, it, dear me, you are making the difference, right? You're kind of and 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 are you looking for I bet you're I can see it in your eyes. You look you're looking forward to this next venture. I look forward to every venture. Yeah. I think uh, what's quite exciting is that it's it's a change and most people fear change. And it's ironic that fear change is the two things that I embrace. I, fear for me doesn't come into it. And I always say to people, if you give me your problem or you give me an idea, I say, if the worst thing that can happen is death, don't do it. If it's not death, do it. It's not going to be easy. You yep. might have to yep. move home and sleep on your mom's couch for a while, but don't be afraid. Like, yeah. you know, and I think change, I love change. Um, I've lived in eight different apartments in two years in Qatar, not really by choice, but embrace it. Change, the, the only thing that's certain in life is death and change. Ah, oh, dear me, when I, th you, you just said that about the, the, your experience in Qatar. I love, I've loved every second of it, really. It's, and and it, mm, there's been times that you, you, it was tough, it was difficult. And there was experiences that I wouldn't want anybody else to do. And that's sure. like, I probably that's why we, we set a business startup Qatar.com, because we wanted to help people and not make the same mistakes. But it is a, it, it's not an easy journey. No. And but you don't be afraid of it because there are people around that want to help you. All yeah, you've exactly. got to do, the, 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 the biggest thing that you've got to do is and I said it in my last podcast, was shake somebody's hand. Yeah, ask. We're so afraid to ask for help, especially men. Like men don't cry, right? Like don't ask for help, do it yourself. How many guys read the manual for a new TV, including me? Zero, none of us, I'm right? still, yeah, yeah. Exactly, we'll figure it out. Am yeah. I, you know, and my wife often says, if you just read the manual, it'll take you half an hour, but I don't want to, you know? And I think the modern man or, or, or all of us here has an expat community, we just need to ask for help. There are hundreds of people that are more than happy to help us not make the same mistakes again. Um, and I have a lot of quotes, but one of the quotes that I often remind people of is that smooth seas don't make for great sailors. Like, if you want to be a good sailor, you need to have had all conditions thrown at you to know that you experience. If you always just sail on a pan flat thing, the moment there's a first wave, you you know you're not going to make it. So. <laughs> Yeah, embrace it. I, I think it's. I I, I agree with you. As long as you come through it on on a and you learn, I think uh, you know it's it's never a bad thing. I was um I was a windsurfer. I was a windsurfing instructor. A very bad instructor. I was always one of those that said hand over hand, reach across, yeah. lay across, <laughs> and then I'd be gone. And so I'd leave them and to leave them behind. And leave yeah. them behind. I was a terrible. I think I've had instructors like I, you before. <laughs> oh my word! I was terrible. I was terrible because that buzz of the wave and the the yeah. kind of as you said, I would never go out in no if there was only a little bit of wind. Today, I was driving down the Corniche and I'm looking over at the Corniche and there's, um, we used to call them white horses. Yeah. And I'm going, oh my God, I need to be, in, I, I, I should be windsurfing. Those were the, the times with your harness to lean yeah. back. It was fantastic. Those were the times that you just wanted to go and be free. And it's like um, my wife once I, I said, yeah, I was a, I could jibe. I could do all this posing with the windsurfer. And it was when I was maybe 40, 45. And I said to my wife, I'll show you what to do. I couldn't even stand on the board <laughs> <laughs> with my size. Every board I was going to stand on was a semi-sinker. It was just and I said, oh, I, I think it's time to leave that alone. But just looking at the conditions today, oh, my word, it's a, you, you've got it. It's just one of those things. It's a passion. Yeah, what? We actually have a guy in the club, Hatam, who's a, an ex-president of the club, and he 
does two things, triathlons and windsurfing, because he says every day it's perfect for training because he either goes windsurfing if he can't cycle or run or he goes triathlon training. So I think Qatar is getting better and better with their venues. I think they're getting more behind sports. Um, obesity and diabetes is a big problem in the Middle East, so they're addressing that by trying to get people healthy. Um, and so there's a there's a focus on sport. People want to get out and do things. And I think we have amazing venues like Aspire and Beta Park and MIA Park and the Sheraton Resorts and stuff where we can uh, Qatar Foundation, where people can kind of get involved. And those venues are sort of also engaging with us, saying, "Well, we have this beautiful venue. Come and use it. Come and do things." So. Yeah. You know, we have two or three new venues for next season that I'm talking to and, and a couple of new sponsors who want to sort of get more involved with things. And that's the thing is I think the healthy lifestyle in triathlon is not a cheap sport um, like windsurfing. Uh, you know, so you do need a little bit of money and that opens up sponsors where people have disposable income to spend on things. So I think, you know, if you're in Qatar and you have a company that that's targeting uh, sports a healthy lifestyle triathlons a great opportunity to to get your brand exposed to yeah it's it's kind of it's it, it's been always one that would intimidate me the swimming side of things um that's that but i would like to give it a try yeah you should um the cycling i've i've done a cycling but i i, I tell you the worst thing i've ever done on a cycling front is a spinning class <laughs> i think that was the worst thing that i've ever done so being left behind i think i think i'm going to be one of those at this moment in time another one is is football i would be put first i would be put in goal you know i'm one of those people yeah that, was at that size. Yeah. but when i first came to qatar i was 23 stone so wow. I've, I've managed to cut down and kind of come down to a weight that I'm comfortable. I, I need to go down a bit further, but that's our street soccer. That's going to be, as you said, the, the, the uh, Qatar for me is so much sport orientated and it's, it's, it's unimaginable what, what they're doing here and to what levels they're doing this here. And, and again, uh, we're going back to the same old things. Just ask, go and find out, talk to somebody. They're all kind of accommodating. They'll all answer your questions. They'll all tell you where, which way to go. So these are all good things with guitar and the sports industry, but I, I do love it here. I do, I, it is a really good place for, for sports. I heard someone say the other day that sports is the new oil for the Middle East. And if you look at the region, obviously, our brothers are having a disagreement at the moment. Mommy and daddy are fighting. But, uh, you know, if you look at the region, we have massive sporting events. There's Grand Prix, there's World Cups. We've got the World Champs for Athletics here, for Diamond League later in the year. You know, we, we've had UCI World Champs here. We've had big events, right? And I think we've shown that we can do big things with the World Cup obviously coming. It's, you know, another massive global event. And we are embracing sports. And I think you know they've understood that people that the people who live in the countries need to have something healthier lifestyle and um you know just from a corporate point of view if your people working for you are more healthy they're taking less sick days they're more productive they're happier there's a lot of and corporate wellness is actually something that we're experimenting with at the at the moment with a company based in switzerland with having um and it's it's actually ready to go but we where we can sort of engage with corporates and work out programs for all of them to get fitter or healthier together and work towards a, a 5k walk you know it doesn't need to be run a marathon but now you log on it has all your details it tells you what to do today and tomorrow and you know every two weeks there'll be a little test that you have to go do and based on that they'll arrange your program a bit differently and that's single sports right up to triathlon with three sports um, or you could just do cycling just do running just do swimming and i think Companies should be looking at corporate wellness. I think a lot of times corporates get focused on sort of profit and no lunch breaks and longer hours. And, 
you know, that's not the way to to get the best out of your teams. And I think corporate wellness is in its infancy here in Qatar. In South Africa, it's a it's a huge industry. Um, and I, I hope that corporate wellness, along with the sports in Qatar, really starts to get some attention. I'm, I'm kind of, again, we could talk. We haven't got three hours today, <laughs> but I'm sure we could fill it. Um, I, I kind of, I, I think you're exactly right. And there, there was a word that I picked up on there, which is um, teamwork. Yes. Um, and it's leadership. Yes. Is a good one. And you can put those together. You can put sports, you can put team. Teamwork is, is I was in the forces for, for so many years. And one of the things was um, I, I joined up when I was 16. So the, you, you were forced into this environment where the only, the, the only thing that you could do was be part of a team. Yeah. And that person counted on you. And, yeah. and, and, and I think that's so important in, in work life because you're count, and, and, and I think sometimes it's missing here because we need to come together as a team. And, and the one thing that I do love about it, and I, I know where I'm going now, was, was it's with, with here in Qatar, I went to a story was, I went to the Ministry of Culture and Sport mm. and we were having a, a, a conversation with somebody in, um, with, with a senior person. And he said to me, he said, um, there's a lot of people that wonder why we put um, culture and sport together. And it's like, why? It, it, they both go together. It's like they're, they're both side by side. It's like you can do so much with sport. We've done a street soccer at Mir Park, okay? Just over a weekend, we had 25 different types of, uh, 25 different nationalities from children for adults that were all coming together, that was watching the kids, that were cheering their kids on. It was magnificent and it, it, it showed how this all comes together and if you can then put into it the teamwork and you can put into the leadership in, in kind of going on those fronts you've got a powerful tool and I think that's the obligation well, not an obligation that's our, our mission that's that's yeah. what we've got to bring into it and and oh, Colin well sport gives so much right I think being an athlete myself still at 40 years old um, having grown up being an athlete it teaches you dedication it teaches you commitment it teaches you failures I mean you have terrible races for no reason sometimes uh, you know and you learn from those and I think the the principles or the the framework that sport gives you carries into every aspect of your life I mean nations are built and look at New Zealand small little tiny country but they have a force of a rugby team they've got a great cricket team and they all sport crazy a whole country South Africa is very similar so with the problems that we had in apartheid in South Africa around 1997 when we won the World Cup, that brought our country together like nothing I've ever seen before. Mm. So sport crosses those boundaries. Yeah. It, it can cross. You don't need to be able to speak the same language to play a tennis match. Yeah. Or, and in Qatar, where we have so many different nationalities, I was actually saying last night, I said, it's amazing we actually get anything done in Qatar because... You know, even though we might all speak English, we speak English differently. My yeah. wife is terrible with accents. And the other day she was asking for raisins and she was going raisins. And the guy on the other thing was like saying grapes. And it's just saying, no, raisins, dried raisins. You know, and it, it, I was in hysterics because for 20 minutes they were both speaking English. Yeah. Yet we didn't get it done. Right. So I think and that's where sport crosses that boundary and, and barriers and, and it breaks down all those kind of things. Yeah. And, and I hope it carries on playing a very important part in Qatar. It, it teaches you so much. One of the things that, that um, I wanted to add to that, what it gives, it gave me back in those years was discipline. 100%. It, the discipline is so, so important. And you can see that, that look at, I know that in the, in the um, 
Manchester United at the moment, they, they got beat by Everton 4-0. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's just something that's lacking or something. And the, the, whether it's discipline, whether it's, it's working as a team, who knows what it is? I'm not an expert, but yeah. I know that those things are very important because sometimes when you said that you, you um, that Bird of Sports um, was a sponsor for um, uh, Leicester City, mm. look at what they did. Yeah, unbelievable, and 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 you can definitely see that Qatar is being one of those Leicester cities that are coming from nowhere to be becoming a leading light when it comes to sport, and it is down to individuals. It's it's down to everything that they're doing with the, the with the uh, Aspire Academy, with all these different places, but we've got a part to play. Yes. All of us, all of us in in has, has got a legacy, and I, I the word legacy is very very it can be very big, but we've got to look at it that we've all got one to play. Yes. And, and I know that you've got one. I know that we try to have one. You've got to be thinking about you can make a difference. Yeah, 100%. Someone said the other day, if you think you're too small to make a difference, be locked in a room with a mosquito. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he'll keep you awake all night and he's tiny, you know. So, and exactly that legacy. I think, what are we leaving behind for the generation? I think we've already damaged the earth quite badly and killed a lot of the animals. So, you know, we really need to be thinking about what, what are we leaving behind for people. And the the one problem I have in Qatar at the moment is just the communication around events. I find, especially with social media, there seems to be a post-event social media. So like, look how great this was. And I would look at that and I thought, oh, if I knew that was on, I would have gone. So what I, where there's an opportunity for a business or not a business or just maybe for the government is let's try to communicate things yeah. better before the stuff happens. Because I think a lot of good initiatives are getting average responses because just people don't know about it. So often I'd be driving in the car past something and I go, oh, that looks fun. What is that? And I have no idea. And then I see in the paper the next day what it was. So we need to get better at kind of letting people know what's on. I, I think that, that one of the things that you, you're 100% right, and it was one of the biggest reasons why I decided to come on and be the host of, of It's in, in the Game was... You either can, you, you need to make that difference. And it's like, you need to, and my biggest thing is just like you said, whether it's in, in the business community, because I do some mentoring things and we help companies start up and establish. Um, I, there's some great programs on out there. Absolutely yeah. fantastic programs. But you don't see them until we afterwards don't know about them, yeah. because you see it in the press. And it's something that, that is, a, is, is kind of um, something that we've got to grow it over a period of time. And it's one of the biggest reasons why I took this, this hosting job on was for the simple reason it was sports. I, I do love. I, I love it with a passion. And I love what people are doing, it, doing with sports in the industry. Okay, so that was most thing. And I want to get the message out there. There's so many people like yourself there that, that needs to be introduced to people because they are sitting in their apartment and they don't know what to be doing with themselves. I want them to get up and get to get out there so that they become the message. They become the voice. They become the people that's going to tell them, whether it's through social media or whether it's through word of mouth. Who cares? But as long as we're making that difference. And, and uh, it's, it's great to have met you today. Uh, well, I've met you. I've already met you. But it's great to, for you to have come in and, and done this today because you are, and I, I will say this, you are inspirational. Thank um, you. I know what you've done in the past and I know what you're going to be doing in the future. So thanks very much for coming on to the show. Yeah, it's been pleasure. an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Good on you. Thank you. Cheers. Everyone, thank you for listening. This has been brought to you by Ginger Camel Network. Please send us your feedback on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget to review us on your favorite podcast app.